Bing bong. I am back with another edition of the Macro Insights Podcast, where unfortunately I had a guest cancel on me. So I'm going to do a little bit of a solo rip here for you all, giving you a wrap on 2023, giving you some of the green candle thoughts. But first, as always, ladies and gentlemen, this is not financial advice. Everything you hear in this podcast should not be taken as financial advice. Everything you hear is strictly the opinion of myself and myself only. Big shout out to my sponsors, Idaho Armored Vaults. That's right, Bob Coleman and his team are bringing you the lowest premiums of any single precious metals dealer in the country. So you can go to goldsilvervault.com. You can contact Bob and his team and they can get you started today. And it's a very easy process, Bob is outstanding. He'll help you with any education that you potentially need and steer you in the right direction. And the Bitcoin advisor. I myself have now become a Bitcoin advisor, part of the team. You can check out thebitcoinadvisor.com backslash green candle to see what we're all about and book an appointment with myself. We can help you with estate planning, self-custody, multi-sig, and much, much more. So we can help you get those Bitcoin off of an exchange, which in the end is our goal to help you take control of your own money and really understand the self-sovereignty aspect of Bitcoin, which I think is probably the most underrated and not even close to as big of a talking point. And then lastly, uh, Hodler's official. My guy, Corey, just put out some sick uh basketball jerseys that are orange with satoshi and nakamoto on the back they have 121 of each you can use promo code green candle get 10 percent off that's h-o-d-l-e-r-e-s official.com and then use promo code green candle and then woo woo sovereign energy yep that's right the energy drink of green candle how all of this is brought to you by Sovereign Energy, SVRNenergy.com. They have some great energy drinks, and every single energy drink has a peelable label, which will give you sats back. So you can use promo code Green Candle and get some sats back so you can get 10% off and maybe even more with each single sip. All right, now let's dive right in here. But first, hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. Help your boy out, help the show grow. I'm out here talking to myself for a little bit to entertain you guys. So hopefully you enjoy it and you decide to hit that subscribe button and uh, shoot me some guests. If you want to see some people on the State of Bitcoin pod, or excuse me, the Macro Insights podcast, tweet at them. Uh, you know, hit that at button, maybe even, uh, you know, message them on Instagram, comment under all their pictures. Uh, and shoot them my way. Tag me and all these things and we can get some more people on. Um, so hopefully they do not cancel on me like unfortunately some of these guests have been lately. All right. So 2023 was a very, very interesting year. We saw Jerome Powell, obviously you guys, if you're here, you probably know Jerome Powell and the Fed raised interest rates at an all-time pace. Never been happened before. Um, and they essentially shocked the system in order to try to, in a sense, break it. Um, but the system and the overall macro economy of the United States was very, very resilient. 
what a lot of people want to say, you know, especially in, you know, the, the Bitcoin space and not in the traditional finance space is that, you know, Bitcoin is, uh, or not Bitcoin, the overall macro economy, excuse me, is uh, hurting. And it is, you know, for sure. If you look at all the facts, you can see that uh, not only is, you know, the consumer somewhat showing some cracks with uh, credit card debt at nearly at an all-time high, personal savings at nearly an all-time low. Um, there's going to be something that breaks here soon, but we don't really quite know what it is. The jobs reports are still remaining somewhat strong, but you know, from personal anecdotal experience, it doesn't really seem like that is the case in my opinion. I think that the, a lot of the data that the Fed uses, and I know if you guys have been listening to me for a little bit, you know my my stance on this. The Fed uses a lot of survey-based data. Now, survey-based data is, is kind of archaic in this digital age. It's not even by an email, it's by mail. Before it was 60 to 70% of people would reply to these uh, mail-in um, surveys because it was your civic duty. That's what you would do to help contribute to the overall United States economy, these kind of things. But you know, now that response rate is down to 30%. What kind of good survey do you think you can get from a 30% response rate? Um, and, you know, it, it's only going to be the people that, you know, I guess have something to say or, you know, want to prop up numbers or, you know, have some sort of motive, it seems, in order to, to respond to these surveys. So in my opinion, it's very difficult to make decisions based off of this kind of data. But that's all the Fed has at this point. So, you know, in my eyes, you should take their, uh, the data that they're using with a grain of salt, but they're not. They're using this to make very uh, big decisions that affects everyone. So what do I think is going to happen? I think the Fed, you know, has been raising rates at an all-time rate. I think that they're going to now start to switch it up a little bit. I think that they're going to pivot, but not anytime soon. I think they're going to kind of hold the rates where they're at. For the next calendar year, almost the entire thing, if the Fed decides to start pivoting in 24, I believe it won't be until Q4. Now, what I do think is going to happen is something's going to break first. Therefore, the Fed will be doing something, uh, you know, a little bit later than uh, or, you know, trying to take some action a little bit later than than they should. Now, you know, if you look at historically, everybody thinks the pivot would kind of open the floodgates and help out everything. Historically, whenever the Fed pivots, that's when the U.S. has had a recession. So the pivot comes, then I think the recession happens in 25. I think we're in a bit of stagflation now where we're not really seeing a lot of economic growth. We're seeing a lot of people kind of just, you know, hold steady at this point. Um, as long as, uh, you know, they have their jobs, they have income coming in, they're going to continue to keep spending and continue to keep, uh, you know, uh, going out to eat, continue to, you know, uh, continue to keep, you know, just live in life like nothing is really the matter. I think that they're starting in a sense to hold back a little bit, but it's not, you know, to the point where. I think that it shows that we're in a full-fledged recession. Some people think that we might be, and it might be a small recession. We Maybe we are. I don't know. But I think, like, if you ask my opinion on this whole matter, I think that, you know, it's a little bit of a stagflation. The 
overall economy is not strong. It's just kind of floating there. We're not seeing any economic growth. And it's going to be a big year in 24 because not only do we have, you know, the Fed kind of making some big decisions, it's also an election year in the U.S. And, you know, we as much as we like to say, like, you know, the economy isn't determined completely by the president. You know, it has a big, big portion of it. The Fed does not um, is not in a in an elected official. It's an appointed by the president. But, you know, whatever you think about Jerome Powell, he was the Fed chair under uh, Trump and also under Biden. So uh, Powell wants to keep his job, too. So I wouldn't be surprised if there are some, uh, you know, political pressures that uh, Jerome Powell faces in order to make a decision a little bit quicker than he would like. So with all that being said, uh, my prediction for 24 is that, you know, we'll kind of see... uh, equities, housing, everything kind of go up. Like it's almost like an average year. We won't see anything really break and crash. Um, You know, everybody that's been kind of a doomer on Twitter this past year has been wrong. Like, I mean, if you look at it, Bitcoin's up 120%. uh, The S&P 500's up like over 30%. uh, All these different metrics, you know, show that the economy is stronger than, than one would think. But that's also, you know, the the uh, markets do not show or reflect the overall economy. So, you know, I think we'll probably have a similar year. And then towards the end of 24 is when we'll start to see shit hit the fan. And now I really do think, too, you know, it, it matters who gets elected. I think, you know, the powers that be, if somehow Trump gets back into office, they're going to, uh, you know, want the economy to tank in a sense because they don't want somebody like him in office and they're going to do everything that they can in order to, uh, in order to, um, whatchamacallit, uh, like make him look bad. Right. I mean, if you looked at his presidency, if COVID didn't break out, he had one of the strongest economies for the first like three and a half years he was in office. And I think, um, you know, that would have continued if, if COVID and the whole global economy didn't shut down. But, you know, I mean, that's all hearsay at this point. So we can't really guarantee, you know, what would or wouldn't have happened. Now, the other interesting aspect of all this is how real estate is is intertwined with it. Right. I mean, I kind of already mentioned the stock market, but real estate is is uh, something that, you know, with 2008 that just happened, um, what, like almost like 15 years ago now at this point. So I guess not just happened, but uh, of recent memory, uh 2008 was allegedly caused by uh, housing, right? I mean, but in the, in a sense, it was mostly because the banks were just lending to anybody, you know, to get these massive, massive loans. And then um, from there, you know, they were kind of continuing to do, to do you know, what they, uh, you know, are continuing to just loan out a lot of money to people who simply just couldn't afford the houses that they were getting into. And so I don't think that the banks are doing that this time. We're also seeing cracks in the banking system. Obviously, we saw Silicon Valley Bank. We saw a lot of these smaller guys, regional banks um, go under. Now, we're not going to see that, I believe, in 24, more banks go under. I think we've kind of ridden the storm with that. And because the Fed is not um, going to continue to raise interest rates at a rapid rate, they're probably going to pause maybe do a, a raise every other or every third or every fourth meeting or something like that. 
um, where the banking system can now like uh, manage that a little bit better than say um, they could have a couple, you know, a couple months ago at this point. So I think, you know, the bad actors in the banking system have been kind of taken out. But the one thing that I do worry about is commercial real estate. So if you've listened to a couple of my episodes, I've had some real estate guys on there. Some of them believe that the commercial real estate aspect is too small of a like a group of people in order to affect the overall economy. Now, I don't really know about that. You know, I mean, this is my first time kind of, I guess, like really analyzing that sector. Um, and it's been something that's been very curious for me because it seems like, you know, the or, well, let's back up here for a second. The way that these commercial buildings are valued at is by the percent filled and the rent roll, right? So um, the percent filled in major U.S. cities like uh, San Francisco, Chicago, L.A., New York have gone down um, since, you know, pre-COVID levels. But I do believe that in-office is going to come back for certain jobs and certain positions. So because in-office is coming back and a lot of companies are, you know, starting to force their workers to come back into the office or at least do the hybrid role, maybe they're not going to be willing to pay quite as much or they're going to want, you know, a smaller office space. So these buildings are going to get devalued in a sense, but they'll still have maybe money to be able to come in. I don't know the financial position of a lot of these guys. I would imagine a lot of them in these commercial buildings are not extremely over levered. And, you know, the commercial buildings kind of have some, some, uh, you know, in a sense, have some variability. They can turn these office buildings into apartments or whatever. Um, I don't think that's necessarily going to happen. I just think a lot of downtown metropolises are just going to be dying off. And it really, you know, as much as they love to say in real estate, it really depends on the area that you're going to be in. Is it going to be a growth area or an area of no growth? And I think, um, you know, of the cities that I listed, all of those are going to be no growth. Whereas, you know, I'm in Tampa. Tampa is definitely a growth uh, Austin was a growth, maybe it grew too much and now it's going to peel back a little bit, but you kind of get the point, right? A lot of these cities that people flock to, that's where they're going to want to, to reside and, um, you know, kind of lay some roots down. And, you know, we also did see in the COVID pandemic, a lot of people move out to the country or move farther away and kind of like the downtown cities, you know, in a sense, go downhill for a bit. But now people are starting to want to move back downtown because they're going to have to go into the office. So I think it's going to be an interesting dichotomy here where we're going to see housing maybe stagnate a bit, uh, especially in like some of these bigger cities. But rent, especially in downtown areas, go up um, just because, you know, the return to the office, I think, is going to be a big trend in 24. Right. I mean, it's uh, it's something that you know, people didn't don't really want to, I guess, talk about I don't know, like, you know, that uh, there was a study that came out and that said, during COVID, I remember this vividly, I don't know if I can find the exact study, but said that you're more productive at home. Look, I worked at home. Um, and I'll be honest with you guys, I was not as productive as I was in the office. Now, there is a lot of fluff in an office, though, right? I mean, there's the water cooler talk, people just meeting for no no real reason, could have been an email, this kind of stuff. 
But, you know, working at home, if you finish something or if you want a break, you can just kind of go watch TV. There's a lot more distractions at home for sure than there are in the office. But there are distractions in the office too, right? I mean, it's not just something that, you know, you can easily, uh, you know, turn on, turn off. Um, so uh, I think it's going to be an interesting next next year, to say the very least, especially in the jobs market with a lot of people, you know, potentially getting laid off or losing their job because, you know, um, the jobs market's going to get going to get uh, more difficult. I mean, that's exactly what Jerome Powell wants. He wants the jobs market to get more tough. He wants unemployment rate to rise. And because of that, you know, um, people are going to lose their jobs. It's just going to be a layover effect of what is going on. So I think, you know, in a sense, it's the Fed is not going to raise interest rates. I think something to look out for is the jobs market, which is survey based data. So, you know, take that with a grain of salt and commercial real estate. Those are the two things that I'm going to be really focusing on um, in the next calendar year. Um, and, you know, so shout out to somebody like Neely, uh, Neely Taminga, if you guys are on Twitter, um, she's a great follow. She always has some great updates on the job reports and the consumer. Um, and I think, you know, after this month here, this, this last quarter, when we got to get the consumer reports um, for the last quarter of 23 here, we can really see how the consumer is doing because, you know, obviously with the holidays and everything, spending is always increased. So um, we will see that little bump, but will we see as big of a bump this year as we have in years past? I don't really know. I personally do not think that we will, but, you know, I mean, I could be wrong here. I'm not necessarily like a huge doomer. I think that, you know, the powers that be are going to do exactly what they uh, or not exactly, but uh, however much that they can in order to keep that power and uh, avoid uh, letting this entire you know house of cards collapse. So it's going to be an interesting 24. We're going to see a lot of things uh, change, um, but I think um, it's going to be a lot of uh, you know stagflation. Like as much as things uh, change, the more they stay the same, right? I mean, we're going to see everything just kind of floating around, but we're going to see. A lot of people kind of making some money off of, you know, traditional equities. I think obviously the ge geopolitical tensions that we have in, uh, in um, you know, the Ukraine and Russian war, and then now the, you know, Hamas and Israel conflict as well. I mean, that, those things uh, definitely cannot be taken lightly. Um, and the way that the U.S. will react to a lot of those things, too, will be uh, interesting to say the very least, because they've already said, you know, they, they can't afford... To, to fund two wars. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see the money printer kind of come out and go burr uh, in order to help fund those things. But, you know, all in all, it will be an interesting uh, 24. All right. Now you heard me blab on for about 20 minutes here. So I appreciate everybody coming on and uh, listening to some of my thoughts. Uh, don't forget to tweet out at some people that you would like for the uh, Macro Insights podcast. Um, you know, I'm willing to talk to just about anybody in this space as, as you guys have all come to, to love about the show is that I get, you know, anything from energy to real estate to stock. So anything like that. So please, uh, tweet at them, tag me in the tweet. Um, or if you have some connections and you want to, um, shoot me over a DM on Twitter, my DM should be open as well. So, all right, enough from me. 
and all of that. Thank you so much all for listening. And I'll catch you at the next episode. Whoosh.